are few things on earth that generate more conversation than wine. For many, the thirst for wine knowledge becomes an obsession. We all know people who are passionate about sharing that knowledge and their opinions about wine. We call some of those folks sommeliers, wine aficionados, wine experts, wine gurus, and the most commonly used title, boring. Welcome to Grape Encounters. We love wine just as much as anyone else, but while we crave those special wines that are silky smooth and go down so easy, we find an awful lot of the conversations about wine pretty hard to swallow. There is one overriding premise here at Grape Encounters. Wine pairs best with life. Accordingly, your host David Wilson, his guests, and the rest of us on the team are here to show you a great time, how to have more fun with your wine, where to enjoy wine the most, how to immerse yourself into a wine lifestyle that isn't simply about wine. So let's dive into this week's edition of Grape Encounters. Oh, you'll learn plenty, but hopefully it will be knowledge that you can really use. Not like that Latin class you took in high school. Here's your wine captain, David Wilson. Oh my gosh, this is the time for wine. If there ever was a wine season, it is the holiday season. Already have had Thanksgiving, and that was a lot of fun. And I brought some very interesting wines to my family. And frankly, for once, they loved everything I brought because they're not very sophisticated. Well, probably because I didn't have to pay for Ah, that voice. That (laughs) voice, Brentonimo, our announcer. Every once in a while, uh, you get out of that glassed-in booth over there, and then you you come in here. I appreciate it. They throw some food in there occasionally, and that keeps me alive. Well, a lot of people probably are not aware of the fact that, I mean, you're like a major wine guy. You make wine, and you've won some great awards for your wines. I've seen you out helping pick and make wine for other people. You love doing that. I do. It's, yeah. it's a passion is really what it is. A lot of people say, why do you do it? And I, I, I can't tell them really why I do it. But that's back-breaking work, man. That it really is. is. It is, yeah. And I don't think people realize just how difficult it is. You know, it's really interesting, too, and this is so off-topic, okay? But it's getting into wintertime here soon. And if you think winemaking is back-breaking, let's say, in California where we are, imagine those folks up in the Finger Lakes and other cold country. Do you know what they do when they're through with harvest and – just before the snows come, they take their grapes off the trellis, right, or the, right. the vines, yeah. and they drop them to the ground and then they bury them in dirt. Did you know that? Why did they do that? To protect them so that they don't shatter in the extreme cold oh, yeah. you know, okay. of, of upper New York. Hmm. It's crazy. I mean, you got to want to make wine if you're going to do that. Imagine you have like 700 acres of grapes and you got to bury the vines and then dig them up in the springtime. you got to love making wine. Yeah, that's bizarre though. I've never heard of that. All right. So... So topic today, and I, I'm glad that, you know, you were willing to join me, Brentanamo, is really about choosing wine when you have absolutely no idea what you're doing. Yeah, that's hard to do. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I have walked into a place that sells wine and there'll be somebody standing in the aisle. Could be a man, could be a woman. It actually is split pretty evenly between men and women, but I'll see somebody standing there and they are baffled, absolutely baffled by the choices that they have. I would say that that would be very difficult because you're going to be spending some money too and right. not knowing yeah, yeah, what you're buying. And especially the people who are, you know, buying wine as a gift or the boss is throwing a party 
party and they've got to take it there. You don't want to make a mistake. Wine is a thing that you can make great mistakes with when it comes to, to buying the wine. And hopefully not insult your boss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I will see somebody standing in the aisles scratching their head and I can tell when somebody is absolutely perplexed and I just will walk up to them and say, hey, do you need any help? And they'll ask if I work there at that store. And, you know, I'm wearing a Tommy Bahama Hawaiian shirt. I don't, I honestly, no uniform. I don't have an apron on. I don't work there. But, so automatically they don't trust yeah, you. Yeah, I try right? to tell them, I go, well, you know, I have a little radio show about wine and I'd sure be willing to help you. And then I help them pick out a bottle and that's that. I've done that too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so the whole point of today's show is that I want to guide you all to some resources that you really, really ought to pay attention to. They're free. They're credible, uh, totally credible, and they will save you a lot, a lot of hurt, <laughs> especially hurt in your pocketbook, because there are some really wonderful places that you can go. There are two magazines in particular that publish lists of, you know, kind of best of the wines that are available that particular year. And then I also want to talk about retailers, because there are some retailers out there that release information or make suggestions. And you really ought to pay attention to them because they know who's buying what, what's moving, what people are reacting to. And I can absolutely guarantee you if a crowd of wine lovers is buying something in a frenzy, then that's probably going to be a pretty good wine. Well, yeah. And also they usually get feedback. If you go to the grocery store, some of the big grocery stores, they have a wine manager there. Yeah. And that wine manager hears from the consumers as to what is good and what's not. I just had some uh, listeners just faint just now. Uh-oh. Yeah, because in a lot of states, but fewer and fewer as time goes on, you can't buy wine in a grocery store. Uh-oh. Yes, I'm thinking about, uh, yeah. I've actually been in other states where I, I went to a grocery store, maybe it was a 24-hour grocery store, and I went there, you know, sort of late in the evening, and I thought, well, I'll just buy a bottle of wine and have a glass or two before I go to bed. And <laughs> they put these, like, black plastic kind of, I don't know, it's they're just long strips of black plastic that you can reach through, right? Right. And thinking, oh, they're just trying to keep the wine cold, right? So I, no, I don't I, think so. No, I reach <laughs> through it and I grab a bottle of wine and then I, I go to the checker and they they look at me like, you can't buy that. What yep. are you thinking? Certain times of the day, Sunday mornings, they usually hide oh, the yeah. wine and the it's, beer. You know, prohibition isn't dead yet. Yeah, it's still out there. Yeah, exactly. You know, these are old, old laws that have been around for a really long time. Yeah. So anyway. Usually it benefits the state, whatever the law is. So how is that? Well, a lot of states have a state liquor store and you buy your wine there and they mark it up and tax it and you end up paying a lot more for that. Because the people who work for the state really know their wine. Oh, yes. So yeah. they, they pick some humdingers. It's like going if to I, the if, Department I, of Motor Vehicles. If I, told you, <laughs> if I told you some of the letters that I get from people who are so disgusted with what's at the package store, the state-run store. Yep. And they're like, oh, I can't list any names, but they're gross wines. And how they got into the store and they overlooked wines from Brantanamo is beyond me, right? 
Absolutely. Anyway, what do you make? I make a Zin and I make a cab. Zin and a cab. That's when it. I want to. See, What's I don't. I don't have any obligation wine. to make any wine. I've got more wine now than I could drink in a lifetime. Yeah. And when's the last time you actually brought me a bottle of that wine? The well, answer is never. I, 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 I'm is afraid it, are that's. You, the, are you embarrassed? Are I, you afraid? For I'm me to blushing. Take I'm sure that the listeners can see that I'm blushing. You are blushing. <laughs> no. No. Are you afraid for me to taste your wine? No, not at all. No. I think you're a sissy. I. I <laughs> no, I mean really. It's like it's like I'm here and we're pals yeah, but, and we work together every week. Yeah, but you're you're kind of the guru and it's, so what? It's I, like, you know I'm not pretentious about that. Yeah. Okay. Gosh, I'm like like one of the things on my list of things to do is to grab a bottle of Thunderbird. <laughs> You know, which was the which I used to like, which is which was the wine preferred by people who lived on the streets. Do they still make Thunderbird? Yeah, they're rebranding they really it. They're oh. rebranding it, and I'm really curious about what they're doing with it. But it's, it's like <laughs> it's like the new Thunderbird for 2020. Wow, wow. Well, usually those wines had a lot of sugar in them. Yeah, and a lot of alcohol. And a lot of alcohol. Because you yeah. know, an average wine's alcohol is probably in the 14 percent range. I'm not saying Thunderbird because I don't know for sure, but some of those. Those wines that are just for getting a buzz, they're like around 18%. Yeah. They're way up. They're fortified. Fortified. So they, they'll add sugar to them. And again, I don't know that that's, I, I don't want to disparage Thunderbird. I, I want to drink some Thunderbird, actually. But I know that. Actually, Thunderbird is really good with uh, potato chips. Th- Thunderbird and <laughs> potato <laughs> chips. That's right. That's health food. All right. That's our recommendation <laughs> for this week's Grape Encounters Thunderbird and potato chips. <laughs> we'll be back here next week with, no, I'm kidding. Kidding. That's, oh my gosh, Thunderbird and potato chips. And you still can't break $5, right? <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> and the potato chips have a lot of salt in them, which is really good for you. And of are course, you, all that wonderful salt, fat. Are you, are you a salt guy? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. See, I don't salt my food. Really? I, no. Well, I, I don't either, but but if I want the wine to taste really sweet, I'll put salt in the uh, whatever I'm eating. All right. Brent Tonimo is with me, our announcer, <laughs> and we are going to, honestly, we're going to dive into some lists. Uh, because they're out there right now and they're going to really help you and some other suggestions that we're going to make for you to find great wines, especially for the holiday. But this should be your new regimen from here on out when it comes to buying wine because there's just so much information available at your fingertips and you don't have to make a mistake. And mistakes in wine buying can be very expensive. When I knew little about wine, I would go into a wine place, buy a hundred bucks worth of wine, maybe it's four or five, six bottles, and hate them all. You don't have to do that. That's very common. Yeah, not going to happen here. All right, we're going to be back with more Grape Encounters, which is brought to you by Total Wine and more. And we're going to get into their top 20 list because they, I mean, being the largest independent wine retailer in America, they have a pretty good grasp on what people are loving. When we return with Grape Encounters... We like to talk about wine. Welcome back to Grape Encounters Radio, broadcasting from our Central Coast Wine Country studio in idyllic Atascadero, California. Grape Encounters is brought to you by Total Wine & More, America's largest independent retailer of fine wine. They carry more than 8,000 different wines from every wine-producing region in the world and offer an equally monumental selection of beer and spirits. Here's David. And we're back with Grape Encounters Radio, and we have let our announcer, Brent Tonimo, out of his cage. (laughs) 
Were you well fed this morning by your trainers? Uh, they threw in some meat, and yeah. uh, and I gobbled it up. I was fine. You actually... Salted meat. You, you know, you eat well because you're married to a chef who was a chef at wineries yes. for a long time. Yeah. yeah. I've yeah. been to your house for food. And she'd experiment with me, and I'd have to go to the gym every single day. Oh, so, oh, so she would potentially be your demise. Oh, she would come up with some great stuff, too. I oh, really admit it. I have had her food, and yeah. I must admit that it doesn't get much better than that. All right, so there are places that, like I said, you can go to get information. I'm going to start with one that's pretty near and dear to me only because it's one of the things that I love to do. I mean, I really do. And that is uh, to suggest that you go and look at the results of some of the big wine competitions. Yes, that's, that's a, it's a big deal, I, I think big plus. I'm, I'm going to say that 99% of the consumers who love wine don't do this, okay? 99%. It's completely off their radar, Let's just kind of put it in perspective. At these events, you have top winemakers, you have wine critics, you have uh, uh, restaurateurs, chefs, master sommeliers, a lot of people that know a lot about wine that have great palates, and then they break you up into panels. It might be anywhere between, let's say, four and seven people on a panel, and you are tasting wine in the blind. This is an important thing to really recognize. Because it is honest. It's an honest It's so system. honest because you absolutely do not know what you're drinking. You don't know, in some cases, how much it is. In some cases, you don't know what state it's from or even country it's from. It depends on the competition. Some competitions will break it down into regions, and then there are some regional competitions too. But the reality is these are wines – that come from all over the world, that are being judged by top talent, that are being judged as fairly as you possibly can. There's no bias here whatsoever. None of us know what we're drinking. And a lot of us are surprised when a week or two later they come out with the results and we go, you got I voted for – got to be kidding me. Really? That gold medal in the Petite Syrah category that I judged – and I gave the gold medal to, and it's a winery that I thought I hated. Well, that's the thing. Sometimes you can find tremendous bargains as well. I don't think the price of the wine usually has any bearing. There's a huge uh, difference in prices of wine that win gold medals. Although I would say this, that there are also competitions that break the wines into categories where it'll say Cabernet Sauvignon's. Uh, 15 to $30, yes. 31 to $60, and so on. They might break it up into price categories. They might also break it up, as I said, into regions. That's less common. But either way, what's good about that is if they do break it into price categories, then you don't have to waste your time looking for a wine that you know is less than $30, let's say, and then being disappointed because you found it on a list and is actually $120. Yeah. And oftentimes I have seen a wine that was a really, really good price, and then I contact a winery or I contact any of the retailers, and that wine isn't available. Yeah. 
it's a different wine that's available. Well, you know, that's the other thing about wine is is that when it's sold out, it's sold out. Yeah, well, you only make it's, so it's, much. It's not like you're making, let's say, jeans, where if you run out, you sell everything, you just make more, turn the turn the machine on, yeah, and it just makes you know new ones. But something else that I should say about the price when you're looking at wines in a price category, those prices are reported by the winemaker who submitted the wine. It's the suggested retail price of the wine. It's what the winemaker is telling the retailer to sell the wine for. So you're getting the price from, for lack of a better metaphor, the horse's mouth. Yeah. Even though horses don't sell wine. <laughs> okay. Although, by the way, you know, we'll take it aside here. They do feed wine in certain parts of the country to cows. Did no you know kidding. That? I didn't know that. Yeah, there are some places. Canada is really big on this. They'll feed a gallon of wine to each cow every day. And what does that do? It creates like, you know, it creates incredible beef that is so tender and delicious. Because the cow's terribly relaxed. Well, I don't know if it's that. Gets a good night's sleep. What they do is they just kind of soak the food in wine, but the ultimately they want the cow to drink like a gallon of wine a day. Wow. And that's something and it really changes how the meat tastes. Talk about happy cows. Oh yeah, they're wandering around. Boy, talk about you've heard of tipping cows. This is tipsy cows. <laughs> tipsy cows. <laughs> tipsy cows. Hey, wine enthusiasts is a great resource. And everybody hopefully that is a wine enthusiast knows wine enthusiasts. And they do a top 100 list that uh, this one is the one for 2019, and a lot of these lists come out about now. And some really super interesting stuff there. It's This is a top 100 list. And by the way, they also have a top values list. So you can look at wines that are really super economical and you know not break the bank and, and find some really super good wines. But you know some of the things that are on here, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but I was really pleased to see, for instance, their number 10 wine. And, and you know this winery. I know this winery. I don't know what's going on with them, but they are just busting out in such a big way lately and doing such great things. It's Austin Hope. Yeah. And it's in Paso Robles, which I'm just – I could spit to Paso Robles from where I'm at, except I got walls. So I'd be spitting <laughs> on the walls, right? Don't ever do that. But they came out with a Cabernet. It's the Austin Hope Cab, the one that's in Wine Enthusiast at number 10, rated 95 points. By, that's huge wow. by yeah. Wine Enthusiast. And it is, um, you know, I didn't have a lot of confidence in Paso Rebels cabs. i got to be really honest with you. I didn't love them. But this particular one is just so delicious, and I, I'm, I'm so proud of these guys. What is and it about Paso Rebels cabs that you don't love? I don't know. They just... I love Napa cabs. Mm -hmm. I love that style. I like them better than, you know, old world Bordeaux cabs. I just like the way they taste. And I think ours sometimes here get some odd flavors in them that I haven't loved, but it's changing. And that Austin Hope wine kind of proves the fact that we can make really super great cabs here. Yeah. And, and that's really, really what it does. Okay, I managed to get to one wine in this segment, Brent. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. All right. We're going to come back. We've got plenty to talk about. Back in just a second, my special guest, Brentanamo, our announcer. He doesn't like to use his last name. He's one of those people with just a single name. That's right. Yeah. 
like Lady Gaga or Madonna <laughs> or Prince. I could call you the artist formerly known formerly as, known but as... I'm not going to do that because you prefer to remain a mystery man. I am a mystery. Yes, but you're you're are a mystery. All right, we're going to be back with more Grape Encounters right after this. Welcome back to Grape Encounters, where we believe there's no way to fake a great wine, and where we never fake our disdain for the really bad ones. Today's edition of Grape Encounters is brought to you by Total Wine and More. Oh, goodness gracious, if you're looking for a great wine to bring to the holiday table, you're going to go be with friends over the holiday, family, no better place to find exactly what you want. Got 8,000 wines there. Have you any idea how many wines that is? 8,000? Yes, Brentanamo. Can you imagine? That is amazing. I mean, it's crazy. They can give you great advice. Their people know what they're doing, and if you're going to give a gift especially, I recommend you go there because they're going to have modestly priced wines that are hard to find, wines that you can only get there, uh, and some upper tier wines that you're going to just love as well. If you want to know more about Total Wine, go to TotalWine.com. I, lo- I really, lo- I- I'm so pleased they're a sponsor, Brent Tonimo. Yeah, that's but exciting. I, but I, but I have always loved this company. I mean, I, I, I sh- I've shopped there for years. Love it. All right. And you get good advice. You get very good advice. All right. So we were, have been talking about where to find great wines. We dove into the wine enthusiast uh, list. And, you know, there's so many really cool, interesting things. Things you wouldn't, by the way, think of. Like the number one wine this year is uh, Nino Franco Envy Rustico Brut. It's a Prosecco Superior. A Prosecco. Wow. The wow. number one wine of the year? And a non-vintage, of course. Uh, it's just, cr- yeah. Wow. It's crazy. that uh, Yeah, and NV, by the way, is non-vintage. Sorry, I should have said that. Uh, 20 bucks. $20. 20 bucks. Wow. You know, so, I mean, here's an example of a wine that you can really embrace. You can serve it with anything. Prosecco, you can serve with anything. And it's going to be sparkling. People are going to, lo- people always love bubbly. They love bubbly that's not champagne even more i think yeah not everybody likes you know pinot noir and chardonnay the wines that go into a bubbly but anyway they they rate this at 94 points in the fourth position is a riesling from claire valley and oh my gosh it's 52 dollars. but for a riesling for a riesling wow and they say drink it now a lot of wines from out of the country but um some of the Places that you would expect to see some great wines from, like the number two wine, um, which is Williams Selium. It's a uh, Pinot Noir from Sonoma County. Hmm. Thirty nine bucks. It got a ninety eight score. That's that's crazy because I mean that in itself tells you this is great wine. Uh, the number three wine is Domaine de la Janasse. Uh, it is a Chateauneuf de Pop. Hmm. By the way, a lot of people don't know Chateauneuf de Pop is something that we call here in the States Grenache, Syrah, Mouvedre, or GSM. GSM basically. or a Rhone Red. We caught on pretty late here, yeah. <laughs> I must say. It took us a while to figure that one out. But GSM is what it is. And uh, But if you see Chateauneuf de Pop, it's really delicious. And I, I love GSM. And and I, I think this is a wine that you can really trust. So some other things here: 
This is a, a really interesting one. It is uh, number seven on the list, and it's uh, Massacan 2018 Annie White from Napa Valley, and it's a blend. It's 48% Tokai Fruilano. Not familiar with that. Okay. Uh, then a Rubolo grape Chardonnay, you know, some really oddball things. It's it's uh, 30 bucks, 97-point wine. Uh, also a 97-point wine, another Riesling. It's an Auslesa. So it's going to be on the sweeter side. That's their number nine wine. Uh, so I'm, I know I'm just skipping around. That's but, amazing. But really, though. really interesting stuff on here. Wines that I wouldn't expect to see. Yeah, I'd on, never expect to see You know, on, on, like on this kind of a list. Yeah. You know, now, is that list mainly for the holidays? or No, no, no. It's not. It's it's something they do every year. And usually I have the editor-in-chief on when they release the list. I, I didn't get to it this year. I'm kind of sorry that I didn't because they always have some very interesting explanations for why they choose what they choose. But I, I really trust Wine Enthusiast. I want to say that flat out. It is a, it is a magazine that has uh, a lot of other legs to it. Uh, you know, they get involved. They've got a podcast. Podcast, lots of really cool stuff, but they really, really know what they're doing, and I really think that they cater very much to the wine enthusiast that is not uppity or pretentious. You, you can find pretentious in there if you want, but it's a pretty down-to-earth magazine. Do you read it? I do. Yeah, we we uh, actually subscribe to it in oh, our you house. Do, yeah. yeah, and it's big. Oh so yeah, it, it'll take your large whole, format. It'll take your whole coffee table. Up. Yeah, yeah, and, and they, they have good pictures in it as well. Yeah, and then Wine Spectator does the same thing. And you really want to get a look at their list as well because you can you can really trust it. And I what I, one of the things I want to point out is that these publications, these international publications, they're not picking wines that are hard to find. They're picking accessible wines. So you can go to, you know, a, a fairly big store and you're going to find a lot of these wines. You'll find more at a total wine when, you know, they've got 8,000 wines. But I'm just saying, these aren't wines that you're going to have to hunt high and low for. They're not that hard to find. That's good because and, you don't want to be disappointed. And, and, you know, anybody can make a list of $100 plus wines and say, oh, these are great wines. But these publications and the competitions and the retailers. I'm going to talk a bit, little bit about Total Wine in a second. They're not pushing that. They're pushing wines that are affordable. And I love that about these lists. So what have we learned so far? We've learned that, one, you want to look at the published results of the most recent competitions. And, and you can find a list, but you can just Google top wine competitions. There'll be, you know, 20 of them. But, you know, it's competitions like the San Francisco Chronicle competition is a big one. The Los Angeles International competition is a big one. Uh, the Denver competition, which I believe is still put on by the Denver Morning News, a big one. They're out there and they they publish their results. It's super easy. One of the things that you're going to find is that when you look at the results side by side, you're going to see similarities. You know, wines that were entered in multiple competitions that did super well. So, uh, and, and you also ought to be paying attention to something called double gold and best of class. The double gold basically means that every person on the panel gave it a gold. And that's... That's quite a deal. That's quite... Um, quite amazing. It's amazing when you're sitting and you taste a wine as a judge and you go, 
gosh, I love this wine. This wine is so good. This is such a gold medal wine. And then we finish ju- judging the wines, and now we've got to give our scores or or name what medal we're going to ascribe to the wine. And everybody at the table says, gold, 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 gold. Now, there might be some cases where Brantanamo says silver, and then we take him out back and we beat him up. That's right, because I just, just broke all the rules. You know what we do in the, those situations? Do, have you judged before? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, so, so, so here's what we do in those situations. We want you to retaste the wine and reconsider your score. Hmm. And, and that happens? Oh, it happens all the time. Really? And, and I think, yes, there's some peer pressure there. Mm-hmm. I, I get that. But, you know, when you're tasting sometimes 10 and 12 wines at a time, you know, and then you're doing that every, every 15 minutes until you've tasted four or 500 wines, you do get palate fatigue. You I, do get I can imagine. There are times when I, I, when I retaste a wine and I go, oh, yeah, I screwed up. I, sh- I, you know, what was I thinking? And you can make mistakes too. You can get, you know, number six confused with number seven. I'd say that your palate would diminish after tasting that many wines. I accidentally gave, uh, in one of the really big competitions that I judged where it was hundreds and hundreds of wines, I gave a gold medal to chocolate milk. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Going, this is a unique wine. <laughs> Probably thought it was Bailey's or something. I don't know. There's, <laughs> by the way, there are chocolate wines out there. Do, do not yeah. buy those. Do not give them as gifts. However, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the booklet of wine cocktails from the Wine Institute. And you can get that online. Just Google uh, California Wine Institute wine cocktails. Uh, you know, because you're going to forget the link that I'm going to give you. But just put wine cocktail. One of them is a red wine hot chocolate. Hmm. You're just cringe. You're cringing. It's an abomination, I'm afraid. It's not an abomination. <laughs> it's 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 a beautiful thing. So you check that out. All right, I'm gonna Brent Tunnel, you gotta run, right? Gotta you're, run. You, I'm sorry because you're gonna miss the last segment, but I appreciate you ducking in here for a while. So glad to, that you asked. I'm not even me. gonna ask you where you're off to. Um, actually, I I can't tell you. It's you a secret. You can't tell me. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'd have to kill me, right? That's right. All right. Well, Brent Tunnel, I appreciate you being here and the great job you do for us on the show. Really do. Well, thank you. And uh, I'm gonna wish you a very happy holiday. But I'll be working with you for the next few weeks until we hit that holiday. So, Excellent. But at least officially, we'll do it now on the radio. All right. All right. <clears throat> All right. We will be back with more Grape Encounters. I want to take a look at the lists that come from retailers because they really, really have a great feel for what the consumer wants, what the consumer loves. That next on Grape Encounters. Sometimes drinking wine makes you just want to curl up in a comfy chair and dream about puppy dogs, faraway places, and other happy thoughts. Or you can just enjoy that cuvee in your glass and lose yourself in the conversation on Grape Encounters Radio. We're back with Grape Encounters Radio, and the question is, are you stuck in a wine rut? Are you just buying the same wines over and over again, and have you just been fearful about reaching out? Because we all know you can pop a lot of money on a bottle of wine and be very, very disappointed in what you get. So today, I'm just trying to steer you to some resources that'll just make it a lot easier for you to pick out some wines. 
One of the things that's certainly true about buying wine, those of us who have been drinking wine for a long time have a tendency to get stuck in the same rut, which includes the same about nine wines, nine varietals that you know we've been so accustomed to drinking our whole lives. But things have changed so much in the wine industry. There are so many more interesting wines, not just different varietals, but wines from different places that we didn't used to buy wines from in the past. So, you know, I've pointed you toward Wine Enthusiast, Wine Spectator. They've got their top 100 lists, and they also have lists that will point out the best wine bargains as well. I've also pointed you toward the competition results at some of the big wine competitions because those are just very, very reliable lists to choose wine. But one resource that is very interesting to me, one that I've gone to a number of times, is produced by our very own sponsor, Total Wine and More. They've got a top 20 list that I really like, and long before they were a sponsor, this was one of my go-to places to find some interesting wines to refer people to and to try myself. What I really find interesting about their top 20 is both the price points on the wines and the diversity, and also the fact that they have consumers reviewing the wines. And so, you know, the rating that they have on the wine, at least in terms of the number of stars that they give the wine, is very much consumer-driven. So it's kind of like, don't take my word for it. You know, what do you think about it, folks? Anyway, and, and you'll find some wines that have just tons of ratings, and you can read those ratings. But I, I just wanted to take a dive into this for a second and really point out some of the diversity here because I think it's super interesting. Their, their number 20 wine is a great example of it. It's the Farmingham Marlboro Sauvignon Blanc. It's like 16 bucks, and it's highly rated by the consumers. And I have become such a huge fan over the years of the Sauvignon Blancs from Marlboro. As much as I love our California Sauvignon Blancs, I got to tell you, they're doing such a great job in New Zealand. And I did fail to mention that Marlboro is in New Zealand and has nothing to do with cigarettes. So, you know, if you haven't had one, try it out. They've got just a really wonderful tropical kind of character to them. And I really think that if Sauvignon Blanc hasn't been your thing, this will change your mind. Coming up next is an organic Nero Diavolo. It's La Atre Organic Vegan Nero Diavolo. This is a really super grape from Sicily. And the fact that it's vegan makes it even more interesting because there are very few vegan wines out there. This is a humdinger and it retails for like 10 bucks, $9.99 actually. In the number 18 spot is a wine that I'm so familiar with. You're probably familiar with it too. It's Kendall Jackson's Chardonnay. Uh, it's the winemaker's block and it, it is really a beautiful wine. I, I know that Kendall Jackson makes a lot of wine and sometimes people will say, well, wait a second, they're a, just such a huge wine producer. How can it be good? And what I say about Kendall Jackson is this, how do they do it? Because even though they produce a, an abundance of wine, their continuity is really something to behold. And I just have the, the greatest respect for these folks. And I know that no matter where you are in the country, if you pick up a bottle of Kendall Jackson, you're going to love it. Uh, let's see. Coming up next in 17 position is Josh Sellers Cabernet Family Reserve North Coast. And I know this wine quite well. This is absolutely a beautiful, beautiful California wine, overflowing with dark fruit and just a little hint of vanilla. Really, really, really good. Let's see, they get 17 bucks, $16.99 for that wine. Next up is a Vouvray. It's Bourgier. And if you haven't tasted Vouvray, it's time to branch out a little bit. You'll get some you know, nice notes of green pear, white peaches, and honey. 
really a terrific wine. And then moving on, it's Sonoma Loeb Chardonnay from Sonoma County. They ain't much bad that comes out of Sonoma County, and this is a, a terrific wine and has almost a perfect five-star rating from the consumers. I'm going to have to skip a few here, but I want to, let's see, uh, talk about Prosecco for a second. In the 13 position, it's Armani Prosecco. Prosecco has really gotten so terrific. It's really upped its game in recent years because of its popularity for people who don't like the flavors in champagne but want something bubbly all the same. So this is a real nice choice, Armani Prosecco. And then right above it is Quinta das Carvalas. It's Tinto Duro. And the winery goes back to the 1700s, but this is a Torriga Nacional, actually a blend of Torriga Nacional that is just so delicious. We're talking here about a wine from the Douro region of Portugal, and it's not just all about port there. Let's see. Oh, number 11 is uh, Apassiamento Salento Banare. This is a really interesting style of wine because they actually dry the grapes out on straw before pressing it. So it greatly concentrates the wine and makes for just an unbelievable experience with this Italian wine. And let's see, in uh, number nine position, this isn't a fairly pricey wine. It's teeter-totter Cabernet Sauvignon, the 2016, but it is really, really a beautiful expression of Napa Valley Cab and really worth the money at about $75. The first Pinot on the list is number eight. It's Samuel Robert Winery from the Willamette Valley. They do Pinots so good there. How they do it for $16 is beyond me because that's a very, very low price for a Pinot. This next one is really something special. The bottle itself is one of the most beautiful bottles I've ever seen. It's Zarine Cuvée Adriana, and it's a champagne. It's in this gold bottle that is absolutely one of the most beautiful bottles I've ever laid eyes on. Then River Oaks Chardonnay is always a crowd pleaser. It's the 2018, and it's sitting in the number three position. In the number two position is the San Gregorio Single Vineyard Loma Gorda Old Vine Garnacha. I am so into Garnacha right now. Garnacha, Grenache, you know, that's what we call it here in the United States. We make some fabulous Grenaches here, but when you see Garnacha, it's the Spanish equivalent to ganache, and lately they have just been knocking it out of the park. All right, which brings us to Total Wine and More's number one. And man, it's my neighbor. It is called 1858. It's about $35. It's a Cabernet Sauvignon. It is from Paso Robles, right where I'm at right now, or just about right where I'm at. Here's what's special about this wine. It's made by the Wagners, and they're the producers behind the Camus Wines, which is one of the most famous uh, brands in the Napa Valley. Uh, You know, we're talking about wines that can go for well over $100. They have some secondary labels. This is one of them at $34.99. This particular wine just knocks it out of the park. All right, well, I hope these are some good hints for you. Don't buy your wine blind. Make an informed decision, and you'll be super, super happy. That's going to do it for Grape Encounters today. Hey, going to see you back here next week. It's getting mighty close to the holiday, and let's just make sure that we're all prepared for it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.